You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So I'm very sorry about yesterday. I was working on a podcast from about 6 until 9, something like that, or was it 3 to 6? I don't know. No, it wasn't that early. But um, I don't know, man. It was the first segment I got a little too heated, and I kind of had that thought in the back of my mind, like, you probably shouldn't have been that crazy about it, people are going to be mad at you. Then my internet stopped working, My I, I tried to play audio of Aaron Rodgers, and because I got a new computer, there's the settings are all messed up, and I spent like an hour trying to get that working. And so I finally just said, forget it, and then I moved on to the next segment, and I would literally talk for 20 minutes and realize that I had this entire thing, like, didn't work. So I had to delete the whole thing, and I did that once, and then I did it a second time, and I said, you know what? Today's canceled. It was just a brutal, brutal situation that I just could not power through. So um, with that, I'm also going to make today a short episode. It'll be a one-breaker, partly because it's it's Sunday and it's already kind of late. Um, I know a lot of people don't listen on weekends so much, and I don't want to spend a huge amount of time, especially since I realize I'm just kind of in a groove at three in the morning. I don't know what it is. It's like a a mindset. And then at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm just, I'm not in it. Not completely out of it, but it's like my attention span for the podcast can only go so far. And then it's like, dude, let's go do something else. I'm hungry and whatever. So uh, one break, one segment, and we'll call it a day. With that said, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. Please excuse any thumping and screaming because again, it's nine o'clock in the morning and kids tend to be loud. If you'd like to support the podcast, leaving a five-star iTunes review on um, iTunes would be greatly appreciated. If you don't have it, you could download the, you know, download iTunes on your PC and leave a review. That's over and above. I would greatly appreciate that. I know that's a pain because it's a massive thing. If you don't want to do that, Stitcher is another place you can do that. Another place I found that you can leave a review is called Podchaser. Again, I have no idea how relevant any of this stuff is or how much it helps. But if your way of helping is leaving a review and you've done that, I got another one for you. Podchaser.com, find Packernet, you can leave a review. Otherwise, Patreon.com, you can support the show financially. You can do it for as little as a dollar a month. I greatly appreciate all of the support. Again, if we get to, what number are we at? If we get to 125, I'm going to do a pro football-focused subscription giveaway. If not, what I'll probably do is... Giveaway a draft guide. I don't know which one, but there's a billion different draft guides out there. Obviously, that's not going to be quite as good as PFF because PFF has a draft guide and then pro football focus in addition for a year, but whatever. So that's where we're at with that. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take our break? And I just want to talk about what happened with Aaron Rodgers and his comments and my thoughts on his comments, which seemingly online has been overwhelmingly positive. I found this to be a massive, massive negative. At least one part in particular. I know everyone's super excited about the whoever comes in here, I'm going to beat him comment, which I'm going to comment on that too because that's not really what he said. And then depending on how quickly that goes, I do have one more tiny thought. But again, I want to try to keep it short. And if I rant for a long time, that'll be the end of it. So no guarantees. Anyways, we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so let's start with the easier situation. And again, I... Not again, because you didn't hear yesterday's episode. I said it a thousand times, but you didn't hear any of those times. I'm not trying to be a buzzkill, because I know it's it's maybe one of those things where it's like, so what, just let people get excited about something, but that's kind of what my whole thing is, is giving you correct information. And so let me just read to you one example, and because this was put in the Facebook group, I'm not trying to pick on him, but this was posted by Brock, it's Aaron Nagler, quoting what Aaron Rodgers said, and he's not lying insofar as these are literally exactly his words, but he's sort of misleading you by leaving out the first part of this sentence. So here's the entirety of Aaron Nagler's tweet. He says, Rodgers on the possibility of the Packers drafting a quarterback. Quote, no matter who you bring in, they're not going to be able to beat me out anytime soon. That clearly gives the impression, because I know Aaron and everybody else that tweeted it, almost exactly this are going to say, you know, this is what he said, this is what he meant, and defend it. Listen. Context is important. This is clearly giving the impression that Aaron Rodgers is saying, I don't care who they bring in here, I'm going to beat them. There is a broader context that at least to some degree changes what he's saying and the tone in which he's saying it. Again, I wish I could play it for you. I'm getting errors on here because there's a bunch of settings, and I know I had to do this last time. It took me like a couple days to get the settings right. I'm not going to do that right now, so I'm sorry I can't play that for you. But you can find it if you go on uh, Wildy and Tausch, their Twitter account page they have basically the audio from the two most important biggest takeaways there's this quote and then the other thing we're going to talk about so you can i would encourage you to don't just listen to what aaron says don't just listen to what i say go listen to it for yourself and because tone and inflection matter too and so for starters the question was essentially they had talked about you know the the question was asked to brian gutekunst about whether they would take a quarterback and he says of course we would always take a quarterback if there's a good one there and then somebody pops up with the question are you worried about upsetting Aaron Rodgers? And the response from Gutekunst was, I don't think it would upset Aaron Rodgers. He understands how this stuff works. And Rodgers essentially agrees. He says, I understand the process, meaning I understand that you draft quarterbacks. He said, I, he also understands that what part of his career he's in. In other words, he gets what we're saying when we say, this is around the time you want to start looking for a backup. It doesn't have to happen this year, but around now, if you see one or have the opportunity to get one, you probably should. Because it's not just so easy, if I may you know, go on a tangent, because that's what I do. It's not just so easy to say, no, 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 you don't take it three years before he's about to be on his last year. You do it two years. Dude, 
you you don't know what's going to happen in that year, right? You'd, in other words, if there's a quarterback that's sitting there that you like, let's say Jordan Love does fall, and let's say you really like him. I'm just picking a name. It doesn't make sense to say, no, we don't want him this year. It's too early. Let's wait until next year. What are the odds in the next five years you're going to have a quarterback that you think can be an actual starting quarterback in the NFL that falls to you where you're drafting? You can't just say, just wait two more years. That's the optimal time to do it. Then draft a quarterback in two more years. Dude, if you have a quarterback that you can take, you kind of got to do it. It's Especially for quarterbacks, especially when you're drafting at the end of the first round, it's super rare that any of these guys are ever going to fall into your lap, which is true of several positions, offensive tackle, whatever, which is probably why when an edge rusher or a tackle or a quarterback or any of these positions fall to you, especially late in the first or even kind of late-ish, mid-ish, 20s kind of thing, early 20s, you're, you're very tempted to take it because you, it's, it's just rare that you have somebody of this caliber that falls to you very late, which is kind of why I'm leaning offensive tackle a little bit. I'm not saying I'm leaning that that we should take them. I'm leaning because it... It's a deep class, so the odds of there being, let's say, a really good tackle, a really good wide receiver, a really good running back being available to the Packers is high, and the odds that they would take a tackle above the others just because the odds of them getting a tackle of this caliber ever, unless they completely tank or fall off a cliff, in terms of their play, not like a bus or anything, it's, it's just a low probability. There's probably going to be several drafts in which there's elite linebackers and running backs that are going to be available to you late in the first, early, mid, late second. Again, all the best linebackers in the NFL right now are second-round picks. I'm sure that won't hold up forever, but as of right now, that's just the reality. Anyways, getting back to it. So he says he understands the process. That is the process. And then his actual quote was, look, I'm confident enough, and I've always felt like, and that's the key, I've always felt like no matter who you bring in, they're not going to be able to beat me. That, to me, is regular old boilerplate. Any, every single football player is going to say that because the thing is, this happens every time during the draft. You look at somebody and say, look, you're kind of on the bubble. How would you feel about so-and-so being drafted? Or after somebody is drafted, right? This, this, if a wide receiver is drafted, you'll go to a guy like Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Scantling and say, how does that make you feel? What are they going to say? They're going to say the exact same thing. I'm confident in my abilities, and, and, and I believe that I'm going to be able to win a spot. I believe I'm going to win this job. So, again, I'm not trying to be a buzzkill, but it definitely was nowhere near as, you know, chest-thumping and I'm the man as as the quotes are being put out there. Because, again, that is the exact quote, but they're choosing to leave out the part where he says, I'm confident enough, and I've always felt like I've, I'll be able to beat whoever comes in here. He also talks about how there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have come in, so it's not that big of a deal. Of course, the difference would be we're, we're not talking about a traditional 5th, 6th, 7th undrafted free agent guy that we usually bring in. We're talking about a first-round caliber quarterback. I'm not saying he would lose that battle, because I'm sure he would not. And that's not really even in question. I don't think anybody thinks we're going to draft a quarterback and Rodgers is going to sit in 2020. But anyways, I, I just as soon as I saw those quotes, I thought, eh, I want to hear it for myself, because that doesn't really sound like Aaron Rodgers, and sure enough, it was just kind of, you know, I'm confident enough. I, I think I'll be able to win it. I've always felt like it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll be able to win a competition because that's what football players say. They're competitive people. And, of course, they're very confident in their ability. Not, not one player is ever going to say, kid interruptions, not one player would ever say, yeah, you know, they drafted a wide receiver, so I'm guessing my time here is done. We all know that I'm certainly not the answer at uh, wide receiver. And so, um, 
you know, I just hope I can make a practice squad somewhere or maybe some team that just has garbage receivers, maybe the Saints. You know, they got one really good guy, but everybody else is terrible. I might be able to be a number three over there, right? you know. Nobody says that. So anyways, sorry for being a buzzkill, but let's try to be somewhat honest about what was actually said. Which brings me to the second thing. And this was Aaron Rodgers talking about the CBA. And again, the comment was made yesterday about how overwhelmingly he's surprised that people are so supportive of what Aaron Rodgers said. And I got to be honest, I'm surprised too, because what he said was garbage. And I'm going to try to not flip out, but it's just very upsetting exactly what he said. So first of all, Aaron Rodgers has been very, I I said before he even came out that I know he's going to be against this because that's his personality. He's very us versus them. You know, the football players are the little guy, and they're the, the, the big oppressive force, and we got to fight against them. That, that's just his personality. He's always been very pro-player. He's always been very pro-his guys, and that's that's an admirable thing. I don't generally like the us-versus-them thing, but it's kind of an us-versus-them business, so, you know, whatever. You just embrace it, and you you do with it with what it is. And I, I, when he came out with his official statement, I liked it. I mentioned that he it was a very well-thought-out statement. So this isn't just me against him and his stance. He can say no, and I have no problem with him saying no. He also said some, elaborated on some things that I also think are interesting. For example, the idea of let's just keep it at 16 games, but add an extra buy. Because what essentially that does is gives you that extra week, which pushes back the Super Bowl. It gives you an extra week of, of television revenue, essentially. Although I don't think that's exactly how that would work. But it's an extra week of football for everybody. So it would be enjoyable for us. Sorry, another kid interruption. My son is showing me his um, fireman hat sunglasses, his karate bandana, and his frisbee. And he keeps throwing on new things and showing me those things. I'm just telling you this because I keep losing my train of thought as this happens. So you, you would get an extra... So, so the fans get an extra week. We get 18 weeks of football, essentially, right? There's 16 games per team and then two bye weeks, which is 18 weeks of football for all of us, which is great. It pushes it back, so the Super Bowl is on a holiday weekend. So that's great. But as far as actual revenue, you're not adding any games, so that's not a game that you can put. So, so so you're not actually getting the games and the revenue, I don't think, is sort of the problem unless I'm missing something, which is kind of a big part of this. But it, but again, it is a compromise. That is something I, I thought that's a f- somewhat fair compromise, not that they have to take it. And obviously they're not okay with it, and they said no to it, and they offered something else. But it, it again, I'm in, I'm in full in favor of a lot of stuff, and it's not even about the fact that I believe that they should sign this, and I do. This isn't about my opinion versus his opinion. He has every right to have his opinion. Here is my issue. And again, I I don't necessarily buy into the the us-versus-them dynamic that Aaron Rodgers is trying to paint. And to be honest, I think there's actually a different dynamic. And whether this is just something Aaron Rodgers is, is... has a blind spot to it, or maybe the rest of the NFL, this is just how it works. You've got the owners, super powerful, super rich, super controlling people. But I don't think it's them versus the players. I think there's a split dynamic among the players. Among the players, you've got the uber-elite, super-rich guys like Aaron Rodgers who have made over $200 million in cash to date. Now, obviously, you got after taxes and everything else, but still, that that is money that has flown into his hands over $200 million. And then below that, you've got guys that, although they've made enough to at least be somewhat comfortable and have a retirement... They're trying to stay in the NFL. They're trying to make this their entire goal in life. They're trying to get that just second base. Forget $200 million. I'm just trying to get that second contract so that I can be set up for life. Give me that 
five million, eight million for four years or five years or whatever, so that I can really be set for life. Now, obviously, anybody can blow that, and that's still not enough. Adrian Peterson has made probably over a hundred million dollars, and he's completely bankrupt. Right? It's it's there's no guarantee, but still, there, there's a big difference between Aaron Rodgers and MVS. So I don't think it's as simple as owners versus players. There's a split dynamic among players as well. And essentially, that was my contention all along, which is why I said this is going to pass, despite the fact that we see every single player that comes out is anti. Because I understood that there's a separate dynamic, that that although this isn't super beneficial to guys who are already set for life, this is very beneficial for guys who are trying to get set up for life. Which again, I've, I've already said all this, so what am we talking about? Well, here, here's my issue. Because as much as it sounds nice that Aaron Rodgers is trying to, quote-unquote, stick up for the little guy, I don't think he is. I think that's all kind of a facade. And maybe he's just completely ignorant to the fact that this is beneficial to other people, and he thinks he's doing what's good for other people. I don't know. It's one of the two, and I don't really care which one you want to say it is, but either he's completely ignorant to the fact that he has different priorities than other people and that this is actually beneficial to other people, or he's pretending that it's, you know, he's trying to stick up for the little guy when in reality he's just trying to do himself a favor and all his rich, already retired friends a favor, which is going to do harm to the little guys who are not set up. Whichever one you prefer. He's either ignorant or he's malevolent. You go ahead and decide, but here's, here's even the bigger issue. Let me just read some quotes from Aaron Rodgers in regard to this, and this is from Wilde and Tausch, and I, I, I didn't necessarily hear all of that. I heard a little of this, but um, this is an article written by Matt Schneidman, and Matt Schneidman is the one that said, overwhelmingly great response from people in regard to his article, which is shocking because this is a horrible, horrible, not, not article from Matt Schneidman, it's a horrible article in terms of what Aaron Rodgers actually verbalized. So I'm going to read this kind of not in correct order, but just we're going to unravel this slowly. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers saying, quote, There was a ton of information out there. I sent out the large email, and you email 73 guys. How many responses you think you're getting back on that 2,000-word email that goes out? You'd be disappointed to hear the actual answer. I'm going to cut it off there because I don't want to get... So so this is this is the first part, right? Aaron Rodgers is reaching out to... His, his team, 73 guys, he's reaching out to his team. Nobody really responded. So just, and, and I don't want to read too much into that, but I, I got to be honest, if, if Aaron Rodgers, let's say I was on the team, I feel like if Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and I'm, let's say, just a running back and he sends me an email, even if I disagree, I'm going to send him a response that says, awesome, thanks a lot for the information, man, I really appreciate it. He didn't apparently get that. He got almost zero responses, which in and of itself concerns me. But I'll, I'll set that aside because I don't want to go too far into conspiracy theory territory, especially when it's this is a whole anti-Aaron Rodgers thing. I don't want to go too far in that direction. But that is concerning as far as leadership and as far as what the dynamic is between him and the rest of the guys. And again, when I'm, I'm laying out a situation in which you've got a lot of... The majority of the team are guys that are not... Jeez Louise, things are falling apart. Most of these guys are not uber, uber rich and set for life. The vast majority of this team is not. So Aaron Rodgers comes in and tries to tell them, hey... You need to do this. And most of these guys, keep, in, keep this in the back of your mind, I'm willing to bet almost all of these guys have, have talked through this. They've been consulted probably by their agents and a lot of other people about what to do. They've talked amongst themselves. I believe most of them are going to vote yes in favor of this. You get an email from Aaron Rodgers trying to push you into saying something else. Beyond that, let's also remember every single person on planet Earth that follows football already knows what Aaron Rodgers says. He's already laid out a big post about his thoughts on this and what he thinks. So you send an email to everybody saying, hey, look, here's what I want you to know. And everybody, what are they saying? Dude, we know. We already know what you think. But okay, he's pushy. 
whatever. He's pushy. The team just ignores him like, dude, go away. You're annoying. Not a great dynamic, but we'll, we'll set that aside. Here's where it gets really, really bothersome for me. Rather than Aaron Rodgers saying, look, I really think this is important. I think it's important for everybody. I think we're getting shortchanged and that we can get more. And if we stand our ground, I believe we'll get more and it'll be beneficial for everybody. And I'm really just trying to help people. But I understand that they're making their own decisions on what they believe is best for them. And hopefully in the end, we'll come to the right conclusion. Something along those lines. Here is a different approach that Aaron Rodgers decided to take. Quote, that's what I think is one of the issues with these negotiations and with society in general. That's There's not a lot of critical thinking going on. I almost just snapped again. I'm going to calmly... There's like these waves of rage that I have to keep. It's like waves in the ocean. It's like I'm about to speak and then I just like almost flip out. You are the leader of this team. This team has taken massive strides in building together a locker room, not to mention there's been a lot of critiques about you and your attitude and being sort of this, maybe not the best with people. And you sent out an email to your team and your team didn't respond. And your response to their response is there's not a lot of critical thinking going on here. In other words, you just called your entire team stupid, but he's not done. Let's, let's continue. He says, that's the problem. I think we just haven't had a chance to look at this critically. And it's kind of being pushed through, pushed through, pushed through, pushed through. And it's bullet point highlights and quotations with deals. That's like, well, no, that's not the whole deal. And also understand what you're signing and what this means for the future of the game. In other words, again, I actually read it. I actually understand what's going on. You guys are just like, oh, whatever. I don't care. He's being a condescending. Just going to say that because any other term um, would be mean. It's Klingon. Figure it out. Look it up. I'm lying. Don't look it up. It's going to waste your time. I don't know Klingon. What are you kidding? You think I know Klingon? But again, rather than just saying, look, I, I've tried to, to illustrate my point. Obviously, these guys are, are adults, and they, they're going to do what's best for them. I just hope we're going to arrive at the correct conclusion. By the way, this, this was a quote. Rogers did say that he got next to no responses, meaning probably David Bakhtiari, who we know is already on Rogers' side, responded. Maybe one or two other guys you know, Devante or somebody else, probably guys that already have made a ton of money, responded in probably not even a super detailed response. Just kind of like, yeah, cool, dude, whatever. So then he goes on. Still not done. That's probably the most disheartening thing is this is a society we live in now that's so distracted by the swiping world of apps and social media. Again, completely condescending. These are stupid little kids that want to sit on their phone and it's all instant gratification and I'm just going to swipe and I'm not actually going to read anything in depth because I'm too stupid and lazy. I'm just going to sit here and swipe on my phone. He's talking literally about his entire football team. He's talking about Green Bay Packers. He's talking about MVS. He's talking about Aaron Jones. He's talking about Jamal Williams. He's talking about all these. He's talking about Kenny Clark. Everybody that didn't respond to him. Which, again, is almost the entire team. And it's not just that. I mean, he's talking about the rest of the NFL, too. But specifically, he's talking about in the context of the guys that didn't respond to him. He's disheartened. And this is the reason why they didn't respond. Not because they already have a, a, a well-educated opinion. No, 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 no. I'm the well-educated one. I'm the smart one. I'm the one that actually knows. You guys are too stupid. He goes on. We're not done. I'm just reading it, ladies and gentlemen. He's saying it. I'm just reading it to you. This is the leader of the Green Bay Packers. This is the man in charge of the locker room. As Matt LaFleur is building it, he's going to go in there and throw a temper tantrum like a five-year-old little girl, stomping his feet, saying, they don't want to do what I want to do, so they're all stupid. 
He goes on to say, quote, I don't know. Do you guys care about this stuff? Unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, for the people wanting to push this deal through so badly, that's kind of a win because nobody's critically th- looking at this or thinking about it. Again, just called his whole team stupid again. You're not thinking. You're not thinking critically. Not done. Quote, he's, he's going he's gonna to lay out exactly how these small, stupid children think. He's going to give you an, an insight into the mind of Aaron Jones. He's going to show you how Alan Lazard's stupid little child brain thinks. Quote, they're just like, oh, what's my salary going to be? Oh, okay, cool. Not like, are we going to take care of former players? What this condescending garb is so... And again, he's making himself out to be the martyr. He's just He just cares about other people. What about those poor people who are already retired and making bank and have enough money to pay a million dollars in health care for the rest of their life? What about those poor people? No, you just care about yourself. That's me interjecting. Let me start over. They're just like, oh, what's my salary going to be? Oh, okay, cool. Not like, are we going to take care of former players? What kind of additional player risks are we taking on? What are we getting in return for that? That's the issue I've had. So he's positioning it as, I just care about other people, and they just care about themselves. That's, again, he's just casting aspersions. You're too stupid, and you're too selfish. I'm smart, and I care about other people, so I'm going to vote no. And he's lying, by the way. This is a great deal for the majority of the NFL. It's only going to get worse if they don't sign this, but he doesn't care because he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play that. And and again, it makes sense from his standpoint, but just say you're being selfish. Just say you're making a decision that is what's best for you and for your friends, for the guys that are up on your tier, the guys that you, the the Tom Brady's that you, when you guys go out to the horse races and dress up like clowns in your million dollar outfits and everything else, you guys don't like this. This is not beneficial for you. And it's true. It's probably not. This is not a good deal for you. This is not what you're worth. So you voting no is fine, but how dare you condescend to these other guys who are just trying to hopefully be able to make it and say you guys are too stupid and too lazy and you don't care about other people. It's just baffling. And then you just, again, you get Matt Schneidman going, wow, everybody seems to really love what Aaron Rodgers said. It's really insightful, really great stuff. Who is saying that? People that didn't read your, your article or what? Shocking, the statements that he made. He goes on to essentially sort of take on exactly what I'm saying. Quote, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, you're a top moneymaker and you're out of touch with the young guys, which is exactly correct. He says, I would say for all of this, this is a legacy deal. The majority of players playing today will not see the end of this CBA. They won't. That's true. And I'll admit that I don't like that this is a 10-year thing. I think that's ridiculous. But it's still somewhat irrelevant because this is the CBA that everybody that is currently playing is going to play under. So you can disagree with it being 10 years, but that doesn't really change the fact of what deal do I want to sign for myself right now goes on to say a lot of first and second year players won't because of the average lifetime of an NFL career. So if it's just a money grab for you, I think that says a lot more about where you're at than where I'm at. Again, the condescending garbage comments that he's making. This is just a money grab for you. And then goes on to say that says a lot more about where you're at than where I'm at. In other words, where I'm at is at a place where I care about people. Where you're at is a place where you just care about you and your own money. Which actually, (laughs) that statement in my mind completely proves exactly what he's talking about. His response to, oh, you're a top money maker and you're out of touch with the young guys. And his response is, oh, you care about money, not me. It's because you've made over $200 million. Of course you're in a different place than they are. Of course money isn't your top priority. You have the luxury of saying, I can stand on my morals, that this is a bad deal and we could do better and they should be offering better. Of course you can stand there. Because if there's a lockout, if, if they decide we're not playing anymore, guess what? You get to spend an extra couple months on the beach. And if the NFL dissolves, you don't care. And guess what? The owners don't super care. Because the owners and the Aaron Rodgers, Richard Sherman, those guys, they're all set up for life. 
if this whole thing goes away, they're fine. You know who gets left behind? All the guys that Rodgers is completely dumping on right now. Those are the guys that get hurt. Those are the guys that get left behind. So this is a power struggle be- between the, the super rich and the super rich who are pretending that they are the, the little guy, trying to stick up for the little guy. And this just gives you insight into how completely deluded he is on this issue. I'm just standing up for the... No, you're not. You're standing up for yourself. And the owners are standing up for themselves. And this is just a giant power struggle. And the owner said, here, here's a deal. We're going to expand this and do this and do this and more money and more of this. And again, the little guys seemingly, maybe this is going to be a no vote. I don't know. But again, my contention all along since before this was even reported as they're probably going to vote yes was this deal sounds a lot like something that the majority of the league is going to like. And that has been the report ever since I said that. Because it's just common sense to me. And again, you've got Aaron Rodgers over here just completely being a condescending... I can't say any of the words. I mean, this in my mind, this is just horrible. And again, he's saying this about his own guys. And again, he everybody already knows his stance. And he's got to come out and try to educate them. You want to know why they didn't respond? Because you're being insulting. Nobody's stupid. They know what you, despite what you think, your, your, your teammates are not stupid. They know exactly what you're doing. You're being a condescending child. Hey, guys, um, I know there's a lot of misinformation out there. Let me educate you on this. Uh, no, excuse me. I've been talking to my agent. I've been talking to people. We know what's in it. We know what's going on. Of course it could be better. Of course we'd like it to be better. But there's a lot of good stuff in here for me. I'm voting yes. Also, by the way, no joke. There are several owners. This barely passed as far as owners, not because the owners were against how there wasn't enough being offered. A lot of the owners hate how much is being given up. And apparently there was a report that a good portion of these owners want it to be a no vote. Because if it's a no vote, they go back to the drawing board. The owners are going to say, I don't agree with this anymore. They're going to push for 18 games. They're going to push for more. And guess what? They're probably going to get it. The owners have no reason whatsoever to back down. Again, they don't care. For a lot of these guys, by the way, I know the idea is oh, they're just they're profiting. They're, some of these guys aren't profiting jack squat. This isn't a moneymaker. This is a, a pride thing. You buy a football team as a status symbol. The fortunes that they had, they had before they bought the team. The, the actual revenue that comes in is just, it's piddly. This is a status symbol. You don't buy a football team to make a bunch of money. You buy a football team because you're a, you are a Ford, and because you are a, the most rich and powerful person to represent this entire state. You are Michigan. You are Detroit. So we're going to buy it. We're going to name it Ford Field. It's an ego thing. It's not a money thing. Their money comes from other places. The, the NFL is a joke. They can just throw their money in the stock market, probably make more money than they would from the NFL. The idea that they're just trying to rake in all this, I mean, they, they of course they want more money. But I just, I just genuinely think there's a misconception that this is just a giant money maker for these people. And total revenue, by the way, it has says nothing about how much of that revenue goes to the players, goes to paying for the massive amount of employees, the stadium itself, the land. So the, the only reason I'm saying this is if, if the NFL got ripped away, they, they have the ability to, the same way Aaron Rodgers does, stand up and say, I don't care. You want to hold out? You want to hold out and not play football? Go ahead. We'll see who wins this arms race. I don't need this money. Don't need it. And Aaron Rodgers and Richard Sherman and the rest go, yeah, we don't either. And again, who gets hurt? The little guys. The little guys get hurt. It's not like the Ford family's like, where's our money going to come from? What are we going to do without the Detroit Lions? Oh, no. Our fortune. Whatever will we do? 
This is why you have teams that are so poorly run, because they don't hardly even pay attention to these dumb teams. The Fords have hired a Ford executive, one of these guys who are in the actual, and this is several teams, they have executives, business people, not football people, business people from their companies who are just good at managing certain things, who, part the Texans do this, by the way, too. They have somebody who is responsible for this part of their company as well as running their team. Because it's just another little venture that we have among several ventures. The idea that they're going to push and press these owners, the owners don't care, dude. This is a small part of their little portfolio. It's a little fun thing that we do. We own a team. It's just this cool little thing that we do. The Buffalo Bills. The owner of the Buffalo Bills owns a the Buffalo Bills and the Sabres, the, the hockey team. Their daughter, who I don't think is involved very much in football or hockey, I believe runs both teams simultaneously. Because it's just, you take care of our sports ventures. Here you go. You run this one and this one. They don't even care. They don't even allocate the proper resources. They could easily go out and pay a bunch of money to somebody who's really inept, or not inept, adept at running a hockey team and hire somebody else that's very good at running a foot. They don't care enough. This is just a thing for them. This is not their whole lives. Maybe for some it is more than others, but this is just, ugh. Especially smaller markets. Again, the Lions, the, Detroit is not a huge money maker. Buffalo's not a huge money maker. Some of these, the, the Raiders, oh my, they didn't even have enough cash to pay the players. The cap room didn't even matter because that's just how much you're allowed to spend. They literally didn't have any actual cash in the bank. They had nothing. They were completely flat broke. Again, just, this is not an arms race that Aaron Rodgers is going to win. But again, he doesn't care. We deserve better, so I'm going to stand on it and say, if, if, if you want us playing, you're going to give us what I think. And it's not what we're worth, it's what I'm worth. That's what he's talking about. He's not worried about what Kbion Ento's worth is to the NFL. He's saying, I, as Aaron Rodgers, am worth this, and you will pay all of us what I believe I'm worth, because if I don't get what I'm worth, then I'm not doing it. I don't care that the rest of these guys aren't really worth what I'm asking. The point is, if you want me, you're going to pay me what I'm worth. And the owners are saying, no, this is our entity. Okay, We hire you to play a game. If you don't like it, that's too bad. This is not a joint venture. This is not me and you in a partnership. That's why I can cut you today. You can't cut me. You can't fire me. I could fire you. This is not a business venture that we go into together. This is our business. This is my business. I set the rules. If you don't want to agree to it, fine. You're not going to win this war. Again, he made some great points about some things that maybe could have been different, should have been different. And I have no problem with anybody voting no. I disagree with it. I don't think it's the right thing because I think it's just going to get worse for the players. And I really like a lot of the opportunities this affords the actual lessers in the NFL. And, you know, obviously I'm saying lessers about guys that have made, you know, MVS has made like $1.2 million. But in, in reality, is that going to last him his entire life? How much of that does he take home? Six hundred grand Over the course of his career, he's made in cash maybe $600,000. After taxes, if he's, if he's being responsible and putting a large portion of that into his retirement so that he has something at 60 years old, and it'll probably be a big amount, he still has something. To, if he were to leave the NFL and never get another job, let's say he took half of that and put it in the market, he's got $300,000. How long is that going to last him at, what is he, 24 years old? Granted, he could probably, with the money invested, retire at 40, but still, I mean, that's, that's not going to last. It's not going to cut it. And everybody understands that, right? It, it's about getting that second contract, and guys just want to get that second contract, and this is going to give people more opportunities to at least play. If you're not getting that big mega contract, fine. At least let me play in a practice squad. Give me another spot where I can make a half a million dollars or a million dollars a year or whatever. Don't give me the big one. Just let me keep earning a living using the NFL. So, again, I've already made that case. I just was very, very... <sighs> 
just not happy with uh, the way that he decided to handle this. The, the fact that I, I believe he understands fully that people are not agreeing with him, and his way of handling that is to just call everybody stupid and selfish. And again, he is directly talking about his own team. He didn't say it in direct terms, but when you on one hand talk about how I sent out 73 emails, got next to zero responses, and the reason that I'm getting this, and the reason I'm, it is because of our culture, quote-unquote, our culture, but he's talking about, right, why didn't I get a response? Because nobody cares. There's no critical thinking. It's just, it's it's not a good good thing to say. And I, I have to, I can only speak for myself, but ask yourself, if, if you were a Green Bay Packer, or, or if this was just a co-worker of yours, say it was, you know, the, the veteran guy that's been there for years who disagrees about whatever it is you do at work, right? He wants to do one thing, and you're going to take a vote, and he's like, ah, I kind of want to do the other thing. And he goes out and says, well, it's just because everybody's too stupid to know what's actually going on here. I can't imagine that's going to go over very well in the locker room. Not that anybody's going to directly confront him, but in terms of him and his leadership and how much people want to look up to him and and believe that he's got their back, he's got their back of 100% as long as you are in lockstep with him. But as soon as your idea of what benefits you runs in conflict with what benefits Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have your back anymore. He doesn't support you. He doesn't believe in your ability to do the right thing. He's just going to come out publicly and call you stupid, which is literally what happened. He, he sends out an email. Nobody responds. He goes on a radio program to say how stupid everybody is. Incredible. So I, I don't know who's, again, I don't know who's out there saying, wow, this was great from Aaron Rodgers. That's really incredible. This is, this is terrible. Did anybody actually read this? Unbelievable. I'm actually stunned that, uh, what's his name, Mr. Vikings fan, I don't know. I mean, if you have a separate thought on, on these comments, go ahead and let me know. But I, I just, I don't know how you could put a positive spin on that in terms of, and it, again, it's not, I don't care if you agree with Aaron Rodgers. That's not the point. Is this, do you think the best way to handle this as the leader of the Green Bay Packers? Is there any other way to read this than he's just being completely condescending to people saying that not that they've come to their own intelligent conclusion about what's best for them after consulting people that, that are very intelligent, but that they're just too stupid to see it his way. Go ahead and let me know. But anyways, again, I'm going to cut it off short. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Sunday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.